Good morning, Momentum. Hey! It's that guy. So half of you are thinking, who in the world is that beautiful man? It's true. How are you guys doing? Oh, are you guys awake this morning? You'd better be awake. I see. I, th- I feel like, as a speaker, I have an obligation to prepare and to to have something worthy of your time, and to be to be punctual and to be ready and and to look as amazing as I can. <laughs> I said, score. But I feel like your responsibility is to match my level of energy and excitement. So good luck with that. So I've had six Red Bulls. <laughs> anyway, how are you guys doing? Everybody alive? Really quick, can I see, do we have any, uh, any refugees from Savannah area or along the coast? I know we've got, we've got a couple here. Hey, Brad and Dee. Anybody else visiting from out of town? You, no? Just these two? I feel, oh, we have one more. All right. Okay, see, I was, you just be happy. I was going to make you stand up. And do this whole thing and embarrass you. But since there's a crowd, <laughs> yeah, off the hook. Good times. Well, man, we're glad to have you with us this morning. Glad to see you. We had a few people here for the first service. And, uh, man, keep, keep everybody in your prayers. Um, man, I try, I, oh, ooh, I try not to get too heavy with, uh, with some of this stuff, especially this morning, a great topic. But... Um, and when you just look at the devastation and the loss of life, you know, Marvin, he was worshiping right here. You know, he's, he's Haitian. He's got a bunch of family. Uh, Joe, you know, uh, you know I, I can only imagine what you guys are going through. And um, didn't want to uh, shake it off. <laughs> but it's just when you, and, and today of all days, we sing the hurricane song. <laughs> Really? But I tell you what, um, there, there's no more powerful worship than when you're worshiping through the storm. Amen? So, okay, stop it. Oh, it's gross. Where does that come from? It's just like that weird thing comes up and you can't talk and, you're, and your eyes bleed water. And... <laughs> oh, let me ask a question. How aware are you? How aware are you? What I mean by that is how present are you in your life? Obviously, we, we started the freeway series. Last week was kind of the introduction. This week is the first big topic. Uh, the topic is awareness. I don't know whose bright idea it was to choose me to speak on this, because if you know me, being present is not my strong suit. But here I am, uh, being present in life, and we're, we're most, mostly all of us are good at physically being where we need to be, unless you're a Hager. While it's the same time, mentally <laughs> being miles away. How many of you, you know that look in your spouse's eyes when you're talking or something and like, and like or, 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 why do they put a billion TVs in restaurants? You go with your, with your boo, you sit down trying to have a good conversation and it, it's, it's just there and before you know it's mur, 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 mur. are you even listening to me? No. It's, it's not my fault. I was raised this way. How about this one? Have you ever? Okay, this is a scary one to admit. And if you have teenagers around, just know that this is just this is scary. How many of you have been like driving, and all of a sudden you come to the realization 
like five miles has passed, and you have no idea what happened. I mean, really? I mean, seriously. There's been times when I've surprised myself as to what road I'm on. I'm like, huh? <laughs> You're laughing because you've been there. You're like, how did I get here? You're just on autopilot. You're like, I hope I didn't run over somebody. Oh, my gosh. It happens. My dad, my dad's a pastor. Pastor Ross and, and Amy, they're up in uh, Mansfield, Ohio this week. And Ross is up there. He's speaking this Sunday. And I don't know when the last time it was. This is the, the church that he always talks about, his home church. And so he's there speaking this morning. And I, I hope he does a great job. I know he will. It's Ross. I just hope he doesn't embarrass himself too much because <laughs> it's Ross. And um, I remember one time my dad was doing this message on, on being present, being aware, and being you know, aware of your surroundings. And he, and he started a few months ahead of time. He went to Walmart and he bought this you know, big picture frame uh, with the, you know, just the stock family in it. You know what I'm talking about? They're just like the, the perfect family that doesn't exist is in this thing. Uh, and so they, he takes it and he gives it to some wives and they hang it in their house with the fake family inside. And it was, it was a grand social experiment to see how long it would take these husbands to realize there was, there was, there was a, a, just family just hanging in their house. Some of them, some of them like three days, some of them like five days, some of them like a couple months. This thing hung in people's houses and eventually the guy's like, where did that go, bro? So he's telling the whole story. Everybody's laughing and my mom, he's just about to stand, just go on. And my mom stands up in the front row like only she can and just declares to the entire world, wait. And then a picture comes up of that thing hanging in our house. He had no idea. That thing hung there for like three months, and he never saw it. Oh, laudy howdy. So today, we're going to tackle the first of the six topics or steps in our freeway series, and this today is awareness. Then will be discovery, ownership, forgiveness, acceptance, and finally freedom. And uh, when Pastor Ross told me that I was going to be speaking on awareness a, a few weeks ago, I kind of had in mind exactly what I wanted to say already because it's just a good material there. You really bite into your teeth and say, all right, it's good stuff. Uh, but uh, with, with, the, uh, with the packet, the freeway packet, many of you, you you've gotten books and workbooks and stuff. Uh, there's all kinds of stuff that comes uh, with the freeway packet. And so there are you know, leadership guides and this guide and that guide and examples and Many of you, how many of you, you've subscribed to like the, the scriptures that come in on your phone, you're getting like little daily things, really cool, some great stuff. One of the things that comes in is a number of messages per, uh, per topic, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm no good at preaching someone else's message, I'm just not, I'm just, I, I've, I've done it a few times where you kind of like take, but I'm, so I'm reading through these things, I'm like, eh, no, I could do better than that, that's not, these people are horrible at this, I don't even know why they even try, oh, you're so boring, Bless my name. So I get through it, and I get to this one, guys. Uh, his name's Pete Wilson, and it's, like, exactly the stuff I was thinking. Just, and I'm just reading it, and it's just speaking to me. And so I really am going to use a few of his points this morning. And I say that out loud because I don't want to be accused of plagiarism and because I know he's a fan of mine. I'm sure he's going to be listening to the podcast. <laughs> Pete, buddy, I said your name, so you're famous now. Um, but before we begin... Let's do a little experiment of our own, shall we? A little uh, test on awareness. How many of you, you think you're like, I, you say yourself, I'm an aware, I'm, I'm aware. I'm, 
emotionally and mentally present. That's the kind of person I am. We're going to take a quick test, quick video test here. And if you've seen this kind of thing, just kind of sit on it and let, let the person beside you figure it out. Um, and, uh, and we'll have some fun with it. Uh, go ahead. This is an awareness test. How many passes does the team in white make? No! The answer is 13. But did you see the moonwalking bear? Worst moonwalk ever, am I right? It's good. So how, how many of you got it? 13, good job. How many of you had seen this before? You have seen this kind of thing before? Really? How many of you saw the monkey? You guys are really aware. Nobody saw the monkey? The bear? So I'm speaking on awareness this morning. Well, how many of you amazingly aware people realize I changed my shirt during the video? Huh? Did you? I did. You're probably thinking, what is he doing over here? I was, it was getting hot up in her. Making it look good. See, now I look even better than before. It's amazing. Black, it's slimming. How aware. I've completely lost my spot here. Guys, the simple truth. Although we can learn from this video is that the, most, the more hectic the picture of our life becomes, the easier it is to miss the obvious. Life is crazy, isn't it? Life just gets nuts. And it turns out that the truth about humans is that every one of us has these spiritual and emotional blind spots in our life. We have these things about ourselves that we don't see. We don't see these things because we're focused on other things. And there's all kinds of reasons. But really, a lot of the issues we have in our life, I believe, are directly tied to spiritual issues, things that we are, are, are doing incorrect, or things that we know we're, we're neglecting or things that we're, we're ignorantly neglecting in our life. And I think a lot, of, a lot of the present, a lot of the physical, is affected by the spiritual. And we, we miss that connection. And we do ourselves a lot of injustice by not recognizing and acknowledging that this other realm exists far beyond us and far longer than us. As usual, when there's any kind of blind spot that we don't see about our life, everybody else does. You ever have that person where it's like, it's just obvious what their issue is, but they have no idea? You know what I'm talking about? Right? I mean, she's right beside you. So. No! Daniel, don't say that. He said it, and I was like, Anna, I'll pray for you. I won't. <laughs> No, the issues in our life, a lot of times, the things, that, the things that, 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 that are most obvious to other people are completely 
we're completely blinded to them ourselves. Maybe just whatever it may be. Maybe maybe you just have a bad attitude, but to you, you're just honest. Or or maybe you're you're just a constantly a negative person, or you're an angry person, or or maybe you're just whatever it is. There's a lot of these things. Or maybe you're just neglecting your role as a spiritual leader of the house. There's all kinds of things that other people can see in and say like, oh, well, this is going on. But we are completely blind to it. Why? Because we are not aware. Being blind to them, completely unaware that they exist, leaves us unable to correct these issues. In other words, the truth about you, and this can be scary, is that you really don't know the truth about you. I don't know how many of you have ever been in counseling, but it's kind of like one of the first things they get into. There's all kinds of things about yourself that you don't know, or things about you that you don't understand. Man, it can be a scary thing. I'm going to read this morning out of 2 Samuel Chapter 12, starting in verse 1. This is what it says. The Lord sent Nathan to David. And when he came to him and said, There were two men in a certain town, one rich and the other poor. The rich man had a very large number of sheep and cattle. But the poor man had nothing except one little ewe lamb that he had bought. And he raised it. And it grew up with him and his children. He shared his food drank from his cup, and even slept in his arms. It was like a daughter to him. Now a traveler came to the rich man, but the rich man refrained from taking one of his own sheep or cattle to prepare a meal for the traveler who had come to him. Instead, he took the ewe lamb that belonged to the poor man and prepared it for the one who had come to him. Verse 5, And David burned with anger against the man, And said to Nathan, as surely as the Lord lives, the man who did this must die. He must pay for that lamb four times over because he did such a thing and had no pity. Verse 7, then Nathan said to David, you are the man. Because this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says. I anointed you king over Israel and delivered you from the hand of Saul. I gave your master's house to you and your master's wives into your arms. I gave you all of Israel and Judah. And if all this had been too little, I would have given you even more. Why did you despise the word of the Lord? By doing what is evil in his eyes, you struck down Uriah the Hittite with the sword and took his wife to be your own. You killed him with the sword of the Ammonites. And then David took a deep breath. Those of you who don't know the story of David, I mean, amazing man of, of God, just somebody who has just had incredible favor over his life, had all these brothers, older brothers, but God chose him instead and anointed him to be king. And this is the same guy that, that, you know, that killed Goliath and wrestled a bear and all these amazing, awesome things. And the Bible even refers to David as a man after God's own heart. And he goes and he does this. He sees a woman and says, I want her. He sends the husband to go into battle, completely unprotected intentionally to die, to murder him. And then he gets this story about this lamb, and he gets angry. Right, Rightfully so. It's an angry story, isn't it? Big, evil, rich guy going in and stealing this little lamb and killing it. and, and no mur- I mean, he had his own lamb, and, and he's just burning with anger, the Bible says. And he says, this man will die. How many of you feel that? Injustice. Okay, equate it to Facebook. How many of you feel this? Yes, you, he must die. Oh. Some of you need to calm down on Facebook. Seriously, though, injustice. 
burning and raging inside, but he was completely blind to the thing that he had done himself. Oh, man, this isn't so much about David as it is about me. This isn't so much about David as it is about you, see? And those of you who know me, you, you know what I'm getting ready to say. I want you to finish it with me. What's awesome about the Bible isn't that it happened, but that it, that it's happening. Yeah. These stories in the Bible aren't just about human, humans. It's about humanity. These stories that we see in the Bible are lived out daily through us. Today, looking at awareness, I see myself in David, because I look into other people's lives and I can see obviously where they're turning wrong. I can see obviously the sin they've done. I can see obviously where they've been a bad parent. And then I just give myself a pass. Me, none of you, just me. I give myself a pass. You're all good, right? This is my story. We all have different reasons for not seeing the warning signs in our own life. And some of us, it's pride, to be honest. We're too proud to, to admit that we've been wrong. That we've spoke out when we shouldn't have. It was, it was true. Okay, yeah, it was true, but it doesn't mean you have to be a truthful idiot. You can say it like that. things that we do, but we just, the pride, it just, it wells up inside us, is this self-righteousness of blind to our own stuff. Sometimes it's ignorance. We have no idea what we're doing. But when we see it in somebody else, ooh, they must die. Some of us are just in denial. And denial creates this, 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 this environment where we continually allowed us to do. A big one here is, is a system of continual self-pardon. And this is a big one. You see, I've made all kinds of mistakes, and I'm going to continue to make all kinds of mistakes. In fact, if I was somebody else that I had made the mistakes I've made against, I don't think I would forgive me. But I've forgiven myself. I, you, know, you know why I forgive? Because I understand where I was at when it happened. I, I knew that I was just in a bad mood when I said those things. I knew that I had just worked a really long day when I, when I yelled at my kid. I, I, knew, I, I knew that it was just, it was just, I was just young. I knew that I was young in life when I made these mistakes so I can, give my, I can pardon myself. I can forgive myself. I can let myself go. I knew that I just had a really, I just, you know, I just, I just wanted to tie one on for the weekend because, you know, it's not like I'm a bad person. It's not like I'm a horrible sinner. It's just I'm just getting, you know, you know we, can, we, we can excuse ourselves, and we do excuse ourselves because the truth is that if we couldn't excuse ourselves, we'd all be drowning ourselves in the river because we're all miserable. We're all horrible. We've all done things that people should not do. And then little things come out against us and we just burn with anger at people. And we hold things back for years and we create these lists. How can I forgive myself so quickly? How can I give myself this ultimate pardon, this pass? Why? Because I love myself. I don't want to lay in bed hating the guy I'm laying in bed with. I got <laughs> myself, myself. Let's go ahead and mark the recording. We'll edit that. The Bible says to love your neighbor as yourself. Extend that grace. Extend that pardon. Extend that forgiveness. 
truth is that a lot of these apply to many of us. But the one that appears to be chronic in our culture, and it's, it, this really applies to me, is really living a hurried life. This creates this, this blinder. And with, with, with the way that our culture is structured these days, being busy is almost an, ex, an expected norm, really. Being busy and, and just kind of, just, just a lot going on, isn't there? How many of you would say I'm a busy person? Yeah? How many of you would say honestly to yourself, I'm, I'm too busy? Have you, have you ever, I, I've talked with Atticus about, I wish there was one more day in the week to get stuff done. What do we call it? Is it Yearns Day? Something like that? Yeah, Yearns Day, because I yearn for one more day. Yeah, which is, if I just had one more day, I could get the things done that I couldn't get done this. It's just always, it's just busy, busy, busy. But listen, busy doesn't necessarily have to equal hurried. There's a difference. So let's talk about busy really fast. From high school uh, to, to young adult um, to mature adult. I'm not going to call myself old. Mature adult, you know, to, to retirement. There, you know, it's, it's, it's just a culture of busy. Those of you who have high school students, and maybe they, they, they really care about their grades, a few of them. And they want to get into college, but at the same time they're doing the extracurriculars. They're in band or they're in sports or whatever. And you're wondering, I mean, there's, I, I, there's just so much going on time and hour after hour. And then they got to get home and do the homework. And we're, 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 we're just generating this, this culture of busy. And then, and then you get out of high school, and if you're going to college, but, you, but you're not you know, fortunate enough to have it paid for, you're, you're working full-time, going to school full-time. Maybe you're, you're starting to date that girl. You get, get to the end of college. Maybe you want to start your master's, or maybe you're right now you're in full-time work, but you want to get married, so you got to work extra because you want to be able to provide for that little lady. Then you get married, you start having kids, and all hell breaks loose. Yes, that was a Star Wars reference, just in case. Just in case. That was the kid in diapers, by the way, with like five pounds of... Do you know, you know the look. You've all just been like, oh, give me five more minutes. And it just goes. And tell me that this is not just somebody testify. Because the older you get, the faster life comes. Right? I remember when I was a kid, Halloween to Halloween, ha- Halloween, oh. Christmas to Christmas <laughs> seemed like an eternity. But now it's like, didn't I just put these decorations away? I could have swore I was just trying to ignore these scarecrows last week. Man, it just comes, and, and that's just, life is like that. But busy doesn't have to equal hurry. Busy, when viewed from the correct perspective, brings awareness to our absolute need for God. I can't do this, God, without you. I just can't. I cannot do this. I can't work these hours. I can't raise these kids. I can't meet these demands. I I, I just can't do this in a healthy, balanced, spiritually balanced, mentally balanced, emotionally balanced way, God, without your help. We can be busy, but we don't have to be hurried. See, hurried, this is a state of mental and spiritual unrest. Hurriedness, it makes us unavailable to God, deaf to His voice, blind to our own need for change. The hurried mind is unable to be present in the moment due to the urgency of the next moment or moments to follow. 
Let me ask this, and you don't, don't raise your hand, but how many of you, looking at yourself, would admit to feeling just completely emotionally and spiritually drained? Just, and you know what I'm talking, just blank face. Oh. Guys, this is the hallmark of a life without a Sabbath. Life without pause, a life guided by the outside demands rather than intentional priority. When we look at Jesus' life, we see that he modeled how to lead a busy life, yet an aware life, beautifully. And consider the demands he was under. He was basically homeless. So, I mean, he really had to, every day, be thinking about, you know, where am I going to live today? How am I going to eat? How am I going to take care of things? I mean, that's, that's a big burden right away. But then all, he's got these 12 dummies following him around that he has to, listen to me, he's got to completely re-educate them when it comes to their, their spiritual understanding and, 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 and of religion and God and how this all works together. I mean, they, they were, they've been indoctrinated from a young age to, into, into the, the, the old law and all these things, and he's got to completely bring them out of that. Why? Because these are the guys that are going to carry on the message. Not only that, how many of you, you, you get to the end of the day, you get to the end of the week, end of the month, and, and you've not done, there's no way to do everything that needs to get done. Am I right? There's just no way to do it. Imagine Christ. Just thousands of people constantly needing prayer, constantly needing healing. There is no way he can meet all those demands and still meet the demands of the people around him and still find time to eat. All the while being chased and hated by the religious zealots and, and, and perfect of the day. While at the same time realizing his time is extremely limited on earth. The anxiety of knowing what type of an end was coming. Christ knew about living a busy, busy life. But it wasn't a hurried life. I challenge you to go into Scripture and find one time when Christ was hurried. Do it, you will find the exact opposite. He found a pause. In times when everybody else is going nuts, he found pause. When everybody's freaking out, he's over here just... Calmly drawing in the dirt. This storm is going nuts, and he's just, he's on a hill just praying. Disciples are trying to get everything, get everything, get these kids away. It's all crazy. It's all no, no, stop, stop. Bring the kids in. Not a hurried, rushed life, but a life aware of what was going on. How was he able to do it? And man, it's so obvious when you see into Christ's life continually, constantly, he was taking time to get away. He was taking time to get alone, to find that solace, taking time to get with God and just simply meditate. See, Christ knew something. He knew that awareness increases as hurry decreases. Psalm 46.10 says this, be still and know that I am God. Be still and know that I am God. When you slow down, awareness begins to come into focus. Awareness of motive. Awareness of misguided decision. Misguided priority or lack thereof. I gotta ask, do you have times of quiet? Do you, do you have times of, of silence? Times to speak with God and to meditate? 
I'm not talking about like accidentally getting bored at work or whatever. I'm not talking about like the two or six hours watching Stranger Things. That's not I'm laughing because you've done it. Bingers. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about intentionality. Intentionally taking time, putting the things away, getting away from the people, getting away from the noise, to sit and allow God to begin to reprioritize and reorder your mind. It's, it's, a, rare, it's a rare thing that I, I've done it. I wish I could say I'd do it every week. I wish I could say I could do it every day. I wish I could say I'd do it every year. Can I be honest? But I'll tell you in the times when I have, it's blown my mind how God is able to change my paradigm from, from this over to here, my perspective of everything changing, my outlook. I mean, I go to God, and, and, and when, when I hit these times, there's been times in my life when I've, I've had anxiety really bad and been on medication for it. And those of you who don't know me, I'm, I'm ADD, I'm dyslexic, I have just issues, and, and, and these things pile on me, and I, this life just, just gets in my head. And Man, I, you know, I went negative ways when I was young with it, and all of a sudden, but just this stuff builds up on me, and just the pressure and, and of life. You guys all know about this, and so there's been times I go to God, and, and I would just be brutally honest with God. I don't know if you've ever done this, but it is quite cathartic. I just say, God, what the junk is going on? Are you kidding me? Is this what life is supposed to be? I'm, I'm giving. I, I, I've put aside talent and all these other things that I could have done with my life, and I've, I've dedicated it to you. And, 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 and even though I'm making more money in my life than technically I've ever made before, there's no money to be seen. Is this how it's supposed to be? God, is this how it's supposed to be? I'm supposed to be just pushing my kids through education, and one of them has the same learning disabilities I do, and I don't have the time to even sit down with him and, and, and explain how I understand math and how I understand the things, because I know he'd get that, but I just don't have the time. If I can just get him through the homework, hopefully a teacher will be able to sit with him and explain it to him. God, is that how it's supposed to be? Is that how busy my life is supposed to be? Am I supposed to have a wife that wakes up at 2 o'clock in the morning and goes to her first job? Works until 7, takes a break, and goes to her second job until 6 o'clock at night. Is that supposed to be my life? Am I supposed to leave my kids at home and contact them through the iPad because I got meetings to go to? Isn't life supposed to be easier than this? God, thank you for two cars. One has a hole in the exhaust. The other one won't pass emissions. You get honest before God. I could tell you something. This was a recent conversation I had. It begins to turn my mind. I thank you that I have healthy kids to yell at. God, thank you. Yes, the budget is tight, but man, my family's fed. Thank you. Thank you for giving me a family, a church family that supports us. Thank you. Thank you. Now my cars aren't awesome, but you know what? There's people without cars. Thank you. It's amazing when you get honest before God. Just Even just the self-talk, even just hearing it come out of your mouth and allowing God the moment 
and the quietness to open your eyes to yourself and your own situation, things begin to change. And I'm not saying that God miraculously comes in and fixes things. That's not really what God's about. God is about opening your mind to the truth of who you are and the relationships of people around you so you can change them. You are his hands. You are his feet. Awareness comes through pause. Guys, that's really where this is all going. Awareness increases as hurry decreases. So then the question becomes, how? How can I, how can I <laughs> decrease this hurry? And what I've come up with is this. Intentional recalibration. Sounds smart, doesn't it? It's a lot of syllables. Intentional recalibration. It's like eight syllable rhymes. Oh my God, it's awesome. See, I'm a, I'm a musician. And uh, how, many, how many musicians do we have? You I'm not saying you're like full-time. I'm just, you play an instrument. Anybody? Come on. Yeah, there we go. How many? You're singers. You just love music. Come on. Come on. Be proud. Are you ashamed? This isn't glee or something. I mean. Now, I took a mental picture of who all you musicians are. I'll be calling you later for the team. <laughs> Suckers. <laughs> Uh, you, you, you can hear when something's out of tune, right? Right? You're strumming along, coming through all those, chord, all those you know, strings, and you hit that B string, it's just a bit flat, and it's just, ooh, ooh. If you, if you ever watch the team, and you watch for someone, and you wait for someone to, to, to pluck a bad note, and it's like, it's, like, it's like, forgive me, I don't mean to be crude, but it's like you walk into a room, and someone has filled the air, and it's that moment of, who was that? <laughs> and that's the look on everybody on the stage, their face. is just, you're trying to figure out where that noise came from. No, intentional recalibration. You'll, you'll, see, you'll see the guitar players tap dancing between songs and going to their tuner and, and tuning up. Because what's up is, is if, if you are out of tune, life becomes dissonant. And unless you're corn, that's not a cool thing. It becomes dissonant. It becomes gross. It becomes like nails on a chalkboard. It's just this, it's this thing. And so, so you have to intentionally, as a musician, you have to recalibrate your instrument and get it, get it that place or, or squeeze that reed in further. I don't know what you people do. But you've got to get it to the place where it's in tune. And check this out. Christ was constantly taking the time to retune, if you will, his heart and his mind to the perfect pitch of God. And with this, he was able to act with purpose and bring life instead of react to the busyness of life. Now, those of you who are doing the Freeway Series with us, man, I'm glad you're, you're going to be with us on, on this trek, and I'm excited about doing it with the youth. Uh, yes, I'm the youth pastor. If you don't know who I am, bring your high school student back at 530. I will corrupt them. We'll be doing small groups tonight and for the next six weeks. And uh, as you go into your small groups, uh, your freeway groups, uh, I, I just encourage you, man, be open, be honest, you know. Talk about the problems. Talk about the struggles. Talk about the busyness. Talk about the hurriedness. Uh, because the first step is awareness. 
awareness. And you, you gotta you gotta hit that awareness if you're gonna do the next step, which is discovery. So I just I'm, I'm looking forward to where God is gonna be taking everybody individually, us as a church. I really think God's got some amazing things with us. I, I think that there's a lot of hurdles personally that we're gonna get over and find freedom in. I'm very excited for this this whole process. Um, if I can, I want to leave this morning with a quick blessing. May you be intentional in your life and discover the benefit of silence. May your silent time with God bring you awareness. Awareness of where you are in life and where your Father wants you to be. Awareness of misplaced priority, spiritual blind spots, and the path to personal discovery and a life free of unrest and hurry. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Fuel for the Journey. For more information, please check out www.momentumchurch.tv.